Bienvenidos a todos. Welcome to the Peru SST Convo. Well, we've been back for several weeks now, but the experience is still very real to us. Through this convocation, we hope we can give you a glimpse of our time in Peru this summer. So Tessa, as our leaders Marge and Suyan used to say, TIP. Definitely, this is Peru. Um, up next, we'll have a glimpse of the current events from the summer. Um, Machu Picchu was named one of the seven wonders of the world. For the festival of Inti Raimi, Cameron Diaz and Bill Gates were visiting. However, Cameron Diaz never made it to the festival because she had been up too late partying the night before. Nectar, a popular music group, died in a car accident. Later, Alan Garcia, the president of Peru, attended their funeral, probably just for publicity. Because of the multiple strikes of the teachers, miners, farmers, and transportation, train tracks to Machu Picchu were blocked with rocks, tourists cried, buses were on fire on the road to Cusco, schools were closed, and many of us were left without service assignments. Chimbote, a fishing community, still has no fish, leaving the majority of people in the city unemployed. Alan Garcia, claimed by people to be the worst president in Peruvian history, completed his first year a decade later. His approval rating went from a lot to a little. Peru's soccer team finally made it past the first round to the semifinals in the Pan America Cup. There is a drastic cold snap that killed several people. A series of movie series came out before their scheduled debuts. Spider-Man 3, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Shrek 3, and Harry Potter 5. And last but not least, we wanted to share our group's current events while we were in Peru. There are two pickpockets, ripping pants, a combi accident, attempted mugging, allergic reaction, reaction involving shots and ambulances, living with a criminal, witnessing global warming firsthand as an ice cave collapse, and enduring a celebrity status. And next, Rachel will be sharing a personal story with us. Hi, my name is Rachel. I'm a nursing major. And being a nursing major on SST is quite interesting because you get to learn about this Peruvian diagnostic technique that is called Kui Ruk Ruk. And in Lima, one of our speakers briefly touched on it. He said that it was, they used a guinea pig, which they call Kui, and they use it to find out what's wrong with an ill person. And during my service, I was privileged enough to witness it. So this is my story. Um, my sister, Chella, had been diagnosed with epilepsy about two years ago but she hasn't had a seizure for about a year, but she has been having like little panic episodes. And so they've been taking, to her, taking her to a nearby doctor and he wanted her to take vitamin B pills. And he said, take three of these pills, which were about the size of my thumb, about three times a day. And that's a lot because she weighs about 110 pounds. And if you know anything about vitamins, you know that too much can really hurt you as well as too little. And so she was taking these vitamin B pills and she started having like a racing heart rate and very shallow and very rapid breaths. And when my family asked me, what do you think is wrong? I said, well, I think the vitamin B pills are kind of messing with her heart. And they're like, oh, well, that could be it. We're gonna call the medicine woman and have Kui Ruk Ruk performed. So they called the medicine woman and she brought the cooey or guinea pig and I learned that the guinea pig has to match the patient. So like if it's a 
young female, the guinea pig has to be a young female, or if it's an old pregnant male, then they have to find a guinea pig that's old and pregnant male. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the medicine woman brought the young female guinea pig and she passed the guinea pig up and down Chella's body and then when she was done, she went in the backyard and slit its throat and bled it, pulled down the fur and sliced open its stomach. She looked through the organs to find out what was wrong because it's the belief that the cooey will absorb the bad energy from the ill person and that way you can find out what's wrong with the ill person without cutting them open. So the medicine woman cut open the cooey and she looked through all of its organs and noted that the liver and stomach, intestines and lungs all looked really great. They looked fine. But when she got to the heart, she noted that it was inflamed three times its normal size. And I just thought that was interesting because then she concluded that Cella was to stop taking the vitamin B pills and to go see the doctor in Lima for advanced help. And it was a really interesting thing to see firsthand, you know, all of that going on. Um, whether it really worked or if it was a fluke, I'm not really sure, but they really believed in it. And I'd say if they really believe in it, let them do it, even if it seems a little odd to us. A group of us uh, created this um, Sounds of Peru montage. Um, so if you want, you can just close your eyes and pretend that you're in the streets of Lima, and this is pretty much exactly what it sounded like. I'm Ryan Suderman. I'm Jesse landis -Eichste. I'm Lauren Hall. Uh, the three of us were placed uh, in service in Chimbote, which is a fishing city about seven hours north of Lima. The problem in this fishing city was they had overfished in the past, uh, and there had been no fish for about four years now. This led to a huge unemployment and uh, widespread extreme poverty. We worked with a Catholic parish in one of the poorest areas of Chimbote, and this parish ran multiple soup kitchens, libraries, after-school programs, English classes, sewing cooperatives, preschools, uh, a recovering alcoholics house, a women's refuge center, and the area's only health post. 
the three of us, along with other volunteers, assisted uh, in the parish with some of these projects. When I first arrived at Chimbote, one of the things that first struck me was the incredible amount of harmony between the parish and the community, as well as the church leadership and the congregation. Uh, the man in charge, uh, Father uh, Jack, or Juanito, um, seemed to know everyone in the town by name, and had time, or made time, really, in his schedule to talk with each of them one-on-one, -on -one, find out what they needed, find out what he could do to help. Um, I remember several instances where he was approached by people on the street who would explain their problems, and more than a couple times when it seems that their needs were urgent, he would reach into his wallet, find the amount of soles they needed, and help them out right then. So this level of connection with the community was really strong. Um, but as our time went on, I also saw how that placed an incredible strain um, and pressure on the parish, because they very um, often felt responsible for, and they really were responsible for the lives and deaths of the people in the community. At one point, we got to see the list they had of the people in just their immediate neighborhood with terminal illnesses. It was a list of about 50 people, and they had to decide who they could save with the parish's limited funds, which were all coming in through donations, and who would have to die. And it was a very sort of harrowing list, as you saw. Um, yeah, just how the responsibility was placed onto their shoulders, that sort of decision that we shouldn't have to make. While in Chimbote, we were constantly bombarded by overwhelming need. At times, things seemed hopeless, but every day there were little things that brought hope back into the picture and kept us smiling. The traditional dancing group that practiced at three every day outside the parish being mobbed by kids, distributing wet kisses and calling gringa, playing soccer with some of the women of the parish on Sunday afternoons, the choir made up of ex-gang members who sang wonderfully at every Sunday evening mass, the women who formed their own knitting group, sharing yarn and teaching each other, helping a young woman to dar la luz, or to give birth to new life. Jaime, a mentally handicapped man who lived at the parish, engaging in his favorite activity, reading a book about Ireland upside down. Katty, a nine-month-old orphan, laughing when Jessie was saying brown-eyed girl to her. Kids who loved learning so much, they started to learn Japanese from a volunteer from Japan. Listening to Maruha, a blind woman living in the parish, and her friends singing the rosary. Though sometimes we were downtrodden serving in Chimbote, it also offered us great hope for the people of Chimbote, Peru, and the world. These are the top 10 moments that we had in Peru. <laughs> uh, number one. The very first day of language school, uh, we were introduced to muggers when Jesse Yoder, or when a large Peruvian man shoved his hands in Jesse Yoder's pants, causing Jesse to reply, Sir, you're in my pants. <laughs> Having a lecture with a PowerPoint of 471 slides, and that was only the half of Peru's beginning history. 
playing hacky sack and frisbee on Machu Picchu. Swimming with the sea lions, although most of the people enjoyed it more than a couple of us since we were puking. Uh, Goshen College saving us from our service assignments when we had to come back to Lima early. Um, crowd and commies, and you can imagine a minivan with about 30 people in them, and harassing street vendors. Eating copious amounts of rice and potatoes every meal, every day. Learning how to, or who will, eat the strange hair-covered, hanging-from-a-hook-outside meat that is served in a large, strange chunk. Living in a 99% humidity desert. You figure it out. And learning how to bargain with our souls. I mean, soles. <laughs> Up next, Yamana will be doing the Lord's Prayer in Spanish. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino, hágase tu voluntad, en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy el pan de este día, y perdona nuestras deudas, como nosotros perdonamos nuestros deudores. Y no nos dejas caer en la tentación, sino que líbranos del malo. Uh, words for those of you 